0: Good morning, Mike Groomhead. Where do you start? Good morning, Peter. We're starting with the economy. I think that's the big issue for everybody in this election cycle, so I think we're going to begin there this morning. So uh, Good morning, everyone, and welcome. Happy Monday. Hope it was a great weekend. Um, First of all, let's let's get two things out of the way. The Cardinals defense played a great game yesterday. Um, All of my family are Buccaneers fans and they all agree, I believe, that the Atlanta Falcons got hosed on that call. We're going to talk with Wolfley at 9.30 about it. If you don't know the call I'm talking about, um, it's all over the internet. It was the Worst call since the playoff missed the missed uh, pass interference call in the playoffs a couple of years ago. All right, so let's get let's get to work. A chief economist talking about um, uh, the U.S. is headed into a recession that was totally avoidable. But I want you to hear a couple of things. The president of the United States making some comments. I want you to hear about our economy. Now, do you whether you agree or not? I want you to hear the president of the United States uh, talking about our economy.
1: Our economy created 263,000 jobs last month. That's 10 million jobs since I've come into office. That's the fastest job growth at any point of any president in all of American history.
0: So he continues to tout the job numbers, which I don't blame him for. If I were a part of this White House, that's exactly what I would be doing because they've got nothing else in the economy. The economy is going in the wrong direction. As I was telling Sharp before the show started uh, th- yesterday, I was uh, I was just about out. I was like 10 miles left on my gas gauge. I drive a pretty good-sized SUV. I have an Expedition, so it has got a big tank. But uh, I passed a gas station at 32nd Street in Thomas that had gas advertised for a cash price of $5.39 per gallon and if you used a debit card it was $5.49 a gallon i ended up going around the corner and finding it for 4.99 50 cents cheaper but gas is still at about 5 bucks a gallon so we know that food is on the increase we know that all these others as a matter of fact there is a bakery in the US that posted something I thought was fascinating. And it was the reason why prices have gone up. They've got a poster, board, they have a whiteboard where they said, why are prices, why are prices have gone up? And it's a list Flour back in January of 2021 was $12, 19 cents. As of July of 2022, it was over $28 more than double granulated sugar went from $25.69 to $34.59 powdered sugar from $25.91 to $39.35 shortening is up over double $41.40 up to $87.39 and it goes down the list everything including salt. So everything is more expensive for manufacturers and for companies that are making and providing goods and services. So prices have gone up dramatically a lot faster than wages have been able to go up. I don't blame the White House for shining a light on what's good. That's what every administration is going to do. But there are other things that the president is saying that you need to hear um and this is the progress he said we need to see
1: the pace of job growth is cooling while still powering our recovery forward wage growth for workers remains solid down from historic high pace months ago but still growing for workers who deserve a raise and this is the progress we need to see
0: so i want to continue because i've got a question to ask based on what you're hearing this is also what he said about our economy.
1: This recovery has been the fastest increase of people re-entering the workforce of any modern economic recovery. But there's something else. Our job market continues to show resilience.
0: So now here's the question. Is this the president trying to shine a light on the good things he believes are happening during his presidency? Now, the argument's going to be about all these great job growth because of the job losses because of COVID. That argument's going to be a political argument back and forth. But to be fair, and I'm, I'm, I want to be as fair as I can, if we are going to criticize and say as leadership, you get the criticism when things are not going well, isn't it fair then to say you also get, are, are able to take credit when things are going well? So in that, if that's the case, I'm going to be very critical of some of the decisions and policies this president has made. The American people are going to decide whether or not this president has had his hand in whether or not this job growth is his responsibility or his doing, or if this is just the byproduct of the huge job losses during COVID. The, the American people will decide that. But he is talking about the resilience of the economy the huge job growth, and he's taking credit for it. Is that going to be enough? Well, the answer from the American people when it comes to the economy is absolutely not. This president is not getting any credit. As a matter of fact, it is one of the lowest parts of his polls, in a, it, including the border, are the two lowest places where he is polling right now, I believe. But this is where it shifts. Here's the shift. This is where I think a lot of people in America are going to get upset.
1: If Republicans take control of the Congress, the $2,000 cap on prescription drug costs we just passed goes away. Gone. If they take back the control of the Congress, the $35 a month cap on insulin for folks on Medicare we just passed goes away. Gone. The savings on health care premiums we just got for a million Americans for affordable care Act, gone. Let's go a little further. What had Republicans and jobs. With many of my Republican friends are basically arguing that good news for the economy is bad news is bad news for america as if they're rooting for fewer jobs and lower wages So now
0: the unification president, the president that was going to be a president for all Americans is now picking political sides uh, and saying that Republicans are rooting against jobs. I defy anyone, anyone, to um, listen to any show I've done where I was voting against and hoping for the worst for America. And I am a voice in the Republican Party as a Republican voter, not a member of the party, that echoes many. We do not want to see because there are a lot of Republican small business owners. The last thing they want to see your job losses. This Pitting one against the other. When you were going to be an American president, I'm a Democrat, but I'll be a president for all Americans. He has gone out there and gone after the MAGA Republicans, calling them names and demonizing them um, and uh, fascists, semi-fascists or whatever he called them. Now he's going after Republicans in general. He's saying that if they take control, all of these benefits are going to go away. Isn't it interesting that the in the days of Ronald Reagan, um, it was, you know, why do we keep looking at the government for solutions? solutions government's the problem so you create the problem inflation goes up during your administration exponentially and then of course what a what a what a miracle you happen to be the solution to the problem you've created republicans rooting against jobs that's absurd as a matter of fact it, it is so it is uh, almost schizophrenic in its thinking if you listen to the mantra of the Democratic Party, the mantra of a a, a number of them. I don't want to lump everybody together. I think that's an unfair thing to do. But when you listen to the president of the United States and others in leadership, they will tell you that when you talk about Republicans, it's older, it's white, it's corporate America, it's rich, it's executives. Why would they want, why would a small business owner, why would the Republican small business owners out there want to lose jobs? If you're laying off employees, it's because your business is doing worse. You're not doing as well. It is a weird thing to say that Republicans are rooting against jobs. It's almost as if that he is saying that Republicans want us to do bad. I don't feel that way. I don't know anybody that does. As a matter of fact, the one thing that most people believe at their core is they want the government to leave them alone. Most Americans are in favor of 87,000 new IRS agents. Most Americans are not in favor of that. I don't care what political party you're from. People don't want their government in their bedrooms. People don't want the government in their wallets. People don't want the government in their business. They want to be left alone to live their lives. That doesn't seem to me to be a Republican principle. That seems to me to be an American principle, what you have in leadership with this president is laying blame on everybody else for a situation that's been created during his administration. This CEO, I'm going to just read a quote. I fear that we risk very high probability of the damaging recession that was totally avoidable on Face the Nation. This was the chief economic advisor to Alliance. Um And he said, arguing that the Federal Reserve has made mistakes that will go down in the history books. One is mischaracterizing inflation as transitory, but that they meant it was temporary. It's reversible. Don't worry about that. That was mistake number one. And the mistake number two was when they finally recognized that inflation was persistent and high, they didn't act. They didn't act in a meaningful way. And that is the truth. And so here you have the president of the United States that's doing what he should do in the sense of I'm going to focus on the good things during my administration, which is jobs. But doesn't it sound a little bit like he's out of touch as if America isn't in a crisis at all, as if there is no problem? This problem is being manufactured in the minds of others. And that's just not true. So I try to be as fair as I can, but when you say things like that, I think people are going to be very upset, and I don't blame them. The American people are hurting. Gasoline prices have gone up again. I hope there's good news. You know, The good news that the California refineries are starting to produce at higher levels again is great, but if oil prices continue to climb because of the reduction in OPEC, if we can't get the Venezuelans, of all people for us to go to the Venezuelans – Treasury Secretary just criticized the reduction in oil production, but you don't see the American government easing anything on American oil companies. That's something we should never forget. They are keeping the restrictions. They are keeping their feet on the necks of the oil producers in America while criticizing the rest of the world for slowing down production. People won't forget that. In just a moment, Carrie Lake, Katie Hobbs appear on Face the Nation. Yes, the topic of abortion came up. We'll tell you what was said or what wasn't in just a moment.
1: Give me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I
0: desire. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. And hey, thanks for being here. Appreciate you spending some time with us. Um, elections are right around the corner. Big rally this weekend for President Trump in the East Valley. I did not go to that. I was at the Cardinals game yesterday. Um, but I will tell you, uh, I know some people that were there Um I've got questions like everybody else does about rallies and how how effective they are um But issues are what people are going to vote on. I believe who they believe can lead the economy is going to be the leader of all of this. But I will say that the Democrats are taking advantage of something that was handed to them, so to speak, when it comes to abortion. Uh, Going back to a law from our territorial days doesn't seem like good optics to me. Um, And so we know that this question of abortion comes up every time a candidate – and it doesn't matter what office they're running for – If you're a Republican, you're asked about abortion. Um, I had the conversation with Kerry Lake here on the show a week or so ago about abortion. And. she uh, made some comments that were were taken and run with since that's happened, and I think the point that Carrie Lake was trying to make, and I agree with her on the point she was trying to make, is this, that Katie Hobbs needs to be asked the same question, uh, and then you decide who has got the most extreme or dangerous or whatever position there is. So Katie Hobbs was asked this weekend about a about the abortion ban, and the question is very simple. Do you support a 15-week ban on abortions that was signed? into law into the state of Arizona. And here was her reply
2: the 15-week ban. But let me just say that Carrie Lake is is entirely uh, misconstruing my position on this issue. Uh, you and I both know that late-term abortion is extremely rare. And if it's being talked about, it's because something has gone incredibly wrong in a pregnancy. Uh, a doctor's not going to perform an abortion late in a pregnancy just because somebody decided they want one. Uh, that is ridiculous. And she's saying this to distract from her incredibly extreme position sous
0: I find that interesting when she says, I don't support the 15-week ban, but let me say, and then goes off on Carrie Lake and said what she's saying is a distraction. That, to me, is extremely funny, That is, a, and I don't think most people are buying it. Um, you, we just want to know where you stand. Where do you stand on the 15-week abortion ban? She goes on.
2: Her position is the one that ex- that's extreme. It's out of touch where with where the majority of Arizonans are who support access to safe and legal abortion, uh, and under her her administration, uh, women would not be safe.
0: So isn't it fascinating? Um, She says that, and I agree with her, she's right when she says late-term abortions are very, very rare. So are abortions in the case of uh, rape and incest, and yet they go to that all the time. That's their go-to when someone says we should outlaw abortions, is what about rape and incest? Very rare. Very rare for rape and incest. And She's right when she says very rare in late term abortions. But still, she has not answered the question. Where do you stand on where should abortion be banned?
2: Abortion is a very personal decision that belongs between a woman and her doctor. The government and politicians don't belong in that decision. We need to let doctors perform the care that they are trained and take an oath to to perform.
0: Okay, so once again, Do you support any limitations? So if an Arizona voter
3: were to conclude from your previous answer that you do not favor any specific weak limit on abortion, would they be correct?
2: I support leaving the decision between a woman and her doctor and leaving politicians entirely out of it.
0: Now this is a coordinated answer because Stacey Abrams, who was running for governor in Georgia, asked the same question, and here's the answer.
2: What I've always said is that abortion is a medical decision that should be made by a doctor and the woman, and that the point of viability as determined by a doctor should always take into consideration the life and health of a woman. That should be the standard. But the arbitrary standards of timelines ignore the medical reality that it is a fallacy we know exactly when a pregnancy starts, that we know exactly where we are in the system, I mean, in the in the term. And what doctors will tell you is that they need to make decisions based on the woman they are treating. And what women will tell you is that they need the right to make medical decisions that can save their lives and save their ability to control their bodies and their
0: futures. So we don't know when life begins. And that has always been the conversation on abortion. When does life Begin. If you believe that life begins at conception, then at the moment of conception, that child deserves the same constitutional protections inside that womb as outside the womb. So all of the arguments we've had throughout the years about abortion with restrictions and how late in a term a woman can have an abortion, it's always been the limitations. You understand that we've been – now they're trying to change. When I say they, I mean uh, Katie Hobbs, Stacey Abrams specifically because they don't want to give specific answers on this question either because if they say yes, there is a time limit on abortions, they alienate their base. If they say no, they alienate everybody else. So if you're going to go after – if people are going to go after Republicans with the late-term abortion bans or with all bans on abortions and they go after rape and incest as something, then you've got to be fair and go after the other side and ask them how late into a pregnancy is too late. Would you as governor allow an abortion in your state if you could late-term and they would say, yes, that's between a doctor and a patient? So this conversation should be fair on both sides. If it's going to be this big of an issue in the midterm elections, in the minds of voters, then we should be listening to both sides. By the way, I will reiterate. We have invited on multiple occasions, we have invited Katie Hobbs on this show multiple times. I've done two television interviews with her. She was great to sit down and talk with. And uh, she has got an open invitation here on this show. Anytime she wants to talk about this topic or any other topic with the state of Arizona, I would love to have the conversation with her. But as of now, she and Mark Kelly, Senator Kelly, have refused to come on. In a moment, Gatos joins me, and it's the Big Q poll question of the day.
2: The Gatos Big Q poll question, brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers.
0: Hey, good morning, Gatos. I got a good
3: question for you. All right, well, let's hear it. All right, here we go. Trump was in town, Mm -hmm. and so were the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm -hmm. Which fan would you least like to sit next to for an extended period of time? Trump fan, Eagles fan. Now, let's remember, these are real Trump fans. These are the ones that think he's Jesus. Okay. Okay? Now, not just a Trump voter. These are like, I am a Trump fan and I'm wearing Trump boxers. Like, this election in body was totally rigged. That's the Trump supporter I'm talking about. The Eagles fan, well, I just sat next to them yesterday. Went to the game, Mike. Did you go to the game? Of course I went to the game. It took my mom. right back. Did uh, you guys sit next to uh, a bunch of Eagles fans? Not next to.
0: No, where we sit, it's generally um, like uh, where we are at. There, it's pretty diehard, so they don't usually sell their tickets. But in our row and around oh. us, there were people in green. Yeah. Yes, but not yeah. not right next to us. What obnoxious human being! You know what's funny is I'll be I'll be really serious. No. The people, the Eagles fans that were around us, <laughs> were very polite. I was surprised. Really? I, they were loud. They were they were cheering for their team, but yeah. there wasn't a lot of uh, uh, a lot of antagonism going on. You
3: know. I I I, I hate to say this. There's really a difference, though, if you're an Eagles diehard fan and a Cardinals fan. I just think a Cardinals fan, oh, we lost. Crap. All right, let's go home and eat. Right? Yeah. An Eagles fan, oh, we lost. I'm not talking to anybody for a week. Tell the kids not to talk to me. I may not go to work on Monday. Right. They're crazy. They are. So a Trump fan or an Eagles fan? Well, you go and vote. I sat next to a bunch of Eagles fans. They were all obnoxious. I wanted to slap the yellow off their teeth, but that's not the way that I work. I'm a very nice human being. You are a nice human being. You know, I don't. Uh, I'm not. Uh, I'm going to be, get violent.
0: But to be fair, Eagles fans are horrible to their own teams when their teams aren't very good. Yes, they are rough on their own crowds. They are.
3: Uh, they booed everything. Yeah, they do. They, they booed do. the refs. They, they boo their they, mascot. They booed every they booed the Cardinals cheerleaders when they came out. They and booed I'm like, how do you boo cheerleaders? They
0: have yeah, they did. They they were booing. The only time they didn't boo was when, during the halftime when it was about cancer awareness. They and didn't they, boo that they did not boo that. But you're right, okay. everything else, every time the Cardinals cheerleaders came out, they booed the cheerleaders.
3: They just love to boo anything. They do. I think they booed the guy making hot dogs in the back <laughs> at the Cardinals Stadium. <laughs>
0: All right. Great question, Gatos. All right, man. Talk to you tomorrow. See ya. The big Q poll question today brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Um, coming up just after nine o'clock, we are going to talk about policing. Phoenix police having a difficult time recruiting officers of color. We're going to talk about why that might be coming up here in just a couple of moments. So stick around for it.